Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk podcast hosted by myself and Nick Spizak tonight. Uh, this is our first uh, Nights with Nick where we have a guest. Um, we have Todd at Whole Family FBA. Um, we're very, very happy to have him on. He is new to the Amazon space, but has a wealth of experience from the corporate side. Uh, we met in a community call with Danny and Sawyer and wanted to expand on the topics covered there um, and share some you know, information from somebody that's walked a different uh, you know, journey than we have as Amazon sellers. So Todd, welcome. R really happy to Thank have you. you on. Happy to be here. Thank you. Um, so why don't we start by introducing yourself and kind of sharing a little bit of your experience? Um, and then we can kind of talk about, um, you know, the lessons that you've learned and how those could apply and help, you know, some of the Amazon sellers that are out there. Sure. So um, I, I'm a tech startup guy by background, and that's actually how I ended up here, which is, I think, one of the topics we're going to talk about through a guy I met 20 years ago who has become active in the space. Uh, a lot of you guys, at least like Pete and Nick, I think you know him, David Jacobs. Yep. And he and I go back 20 years, and we'll kind of touch on the importance of that and how it gets to here today. But I've been in the tech startup world. Like I go way back. I was at one of the first meme publishers, Iconez Cheeseburger. They also published Failblog, hence the Fail sweatshirt. Um, and I ran the business side there. So if your grandmother sends you a lolcat picture in email, it's my fault. Literally, it's my fault. Uh, me and a couple other other folks. I turned that into a ten-figure business. Sold a crap ton of merch. Hence the sweatshirt, millions of dollars of t-shirts and sweatshirts. And it was kind of my first foray into e-commerce. And, um, and, and since then, I've done other tech startups and have worked with some of the biggest uh, VCs or the investors who back tech startups, guys like Fred Wilson, who is the lead investor in Twitter. I think a site a lot of us are familiar with. Maybe. Um, so Fred, I, I know Fred, he was on my board at a different startup. And so I've, I've also met, had investors in startups um, like Darmish Shaw, who's one of the co-founders of HubSpot. A lot of you guys are fans of Darmish. He's it, what you see is what you get on Twitter. He's very similar in real life as well. Um, I think that's kind of one of his things is just to be authentic all the time. And I think that lesson applies to a lot of the sellers here who I've interacted with. And by the way, going back to being new to the space, today is day 15. Right. So when I say I'm brand new, I am brand new. And I'm going through the same journey you all are, um, who are noobs or who went through this journey as well. And uh, and then after uh, kind of going in different couple different directions with startups, I ended up on kind of the enterprise software side of things, and we had teams of dozens, if not, uh, I, I guess over 100 at one point, and really understand what it's like to sell to accounts and how do you hire reps, which VAs are kind of a form of rep, and how you scale teams like that, and how you build sales processes. And so when I've heard the stories, whether it's Pete's stories or Corey's stories about how do you build wholesale business. I heard that I'm like, oh my God, this is, you guys are without knowing it are actually talking about the, some of the exact same playbooks that we use in enterprise tech sales. And you're talking the same language without even realizing you're figuring out the same things. And I think that's kind of one of the impressive things that as I get into this space is just, oh my gosh, some of the same lessons will apply here. But it's also impressive to see a lot of you all figure out some of the same things that have allowed, you know, huge, amazing tech companies to, to scale up. Um, and be hugely successful. 100. That's, that's awesome, Todd. So since you're so new to the Amazon space and very successful from a corporate perspective, what what made you want to get into uh, Amazon specifically? And knowing that a lot of our audience is also on a similar path with a nine to five and other responsibilities, can you just talk a little bit about what interests you to to join this space? 
I, the last startup I was at was uh, in doing Shopify software and selling to Shopify merchants. And that was like the last year and a half. So I'd gotten um, into, into that world a little deeper, but Shopify is different than, than Amazon. And, uh, and, and that startup and the whole startup community, if you're not an AI startup, it's very hard right now. Um, with the stock, a lot of tech startups in the stock market have struggled. And as a result, there's not as much funding for startups anymore. So I ended up leaving that last fall. And what you do when you leave startups and you're, you know, it's not like you just, there's, you go apply for a job. It's often through networking and people you've met at other startups that get you jobs at startups. And one of the folks that I've, I worked with, I, as I said, back at the cheeseburger, a guy named David Jacobs, who I mentioned is part of this community and called David up and it was like, oh, what are you up to? And he, and he told me that he was involved as I was telling him I was doing Shopify stuff that he was involved in the Amazon community. And I had always made the assumption because in the startup world, there was this phase where all these private label venture backed startups had, had gotten started and they had been getting bought up. A lot of these hot sort of, of flash in the pan D to C direct to consumer D to C startups and were there. And so I assumed that that's what the Amazon reselling community was, was like, oh, it's all these guys, right? Doing private label. And he's like, no, no, no Todd, it's not that. It's people reselling like branded goods and doing arbitrage. And what's interesting is in the online advertising world, which is where David and I interacted, I sold enterprise uh, advertising software to advertising agencies. David did things like that, selling to publishers, et cetera. David's like, no, no. And it's like the same skills and people we saw doing ARB in the online advertising world, they're doing it in the Amazon world. And I was like, are you kidding? And he's like, trust me, this is actually, and he talked about how in the last year and a half, he's been really successful in the space, growing a, a successful business and practice, whatever term you want to use for Amazon selling. And I was like, okay, I got to go decide. I got to figure this out. And he sent me Miles's classic intro to FBA selling video. And he's like, you got to watch this video. And so I watched that video and then it was like, oh, this is actually, seems really interesting. And I've dabbled in selling goods. I've sold used goods on Amazon and flipped things over the years. Just like, oh, I go to garage sale and I look at that. Oh, I can look at it. You know, oh, that looks like a steal and look up at Amazon. Oh, I, that's selling used for a hundred bucks. I could buy it for 20 bucks in the garage sale. So I've sort of dabbled with it a little bit on and off. Like I have an Amazon seller account, had an individual account, now a professional account, like you're supposed to do. Um, lessons from all you guys, right? And, um, but my, my individual seller account goes back like 15 years. And by the way, Amazon never deletes any of that stuff. So it's funny to go back and see all the random crap I've sold over the years. And, but as you sort of go down that path, you're like, oh my gosh, this doesn't seem so crazy. And one of the things that, you know, I, I talked about with you guys and, and we can talk about a little bit more in terms of selling today. A lot of it is you do a lot of online research when you're selling to people. And so what did I start doing is I started doing kind of the things I do in that world, which is, okay, I, you know, you look up miles and then I look up miles on LinkedIn. We talked about that a little bit. And that's a LinkedIn is a great community to make professional connections. Um, really important for all of you who want to get into wholesale. You're going to have to figure out how to play there. Um, and that leads to Twitter, which then leads to a lot of other things, which then leads to, as I found out, Discord groups and, and community calls. And by the way, in the startup world, we do a lot of the exact same things. We had Zoom calls for years with a group of startup people that I work with. And I live in Seattle, in Seattle. And some of those folks are my best friends, including um, the founder of a company, you guys, a bunch of you, I think, you know, well, uh, Moz, if you're any doing any PPC stuff mm -hmm. and MOZ. And so those are the people that that I connect with just like a lot of you are. So I'm seeing the same lessons applied in this world that I saw applied in the tech world. So 
if you all think you're doing something crazy, you're not. And and when people like you know uh, Pete talks about rise and grind, we could have said the exact same thing 20 years ago in tech startups as yeah. we were you know going down that path. And we said exactly the same sort of things, and it was like the same messages. So it's funny to see the same lessons applied to you know a lot of you all without realizing that that's been done before and elsewhere, and led to a ton of success. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's cool um, to watch, especially like the, I mean, there's a lot of really young kids in this space, like 18, 19. For them to like grapple with problems that you know enterprises struggle with. And like, oh, I got to go create a website. I have to go do this to get like the wholesale stuff going. And you see them turn on it so quickly. It's pretty, it's inspiring. And then like, you just see how much effort, which is probably, you know, pretty relatable in the in the startup space that goes into it because you're, you're just launching something from nothing. Um, so it's cool that you found that community. Um, and luckily we were able to connect on a call that, uh, you know, Danny and Sawyer had um, can you talk a little bit about like how you found that and then the value that you found from that? So the, you know, it's interesting as I look at Twitter and even some of the discord groups you can get into, which is people are always like, Oh, I can't find this or I can't do that. Or I can't, I can't, I can't. And then you, if you listen to some of the folks who are successful, like yourselves and, you know, uh, Sawyer, AKA Dylan, by the way, I've heard people refer to him both names and I'm like, does he want to go by Sawyer or does he want to go by Dylan? Like it's tough. And, yeah. And, <laughs> And so anyway, right. His like handle is Sawyer, but it says I am Dylan, you know, is his Twitter handle. So anyway, it's just an an, an aside. Um, And, uh, you know, one of the things that you guys talk about all the time is just do like, just get up and go. Like that's one of Miles's big things too. Right. And in the startup world, going, the hardest thing you can do is go from zero to one. Like that first, like, do I have my first sale yet? No, I just have my first listings. My first FEM listed went up yesterday. I've got my first FEA box. Are the deals perfect? No. They're like, are they optimized? No. They were just something that I hope to make a little bit of money on. Like, great. But I'm doing it and I'm trying. And it's the idea of I'll do it. I'll learn some lessons and I'll do it better and differently the next time. And one of the things in the startup land, and this comes from you know Fred Wilson, again, the, the, the lead investor in, in Twitter and lots of other hugely successful things. I, this is... Uh, Fred, for those who aren't aware, Google Fred Wilson. He's got a great blog. He is a goat with regard to the VC community and and B2C startups. B2C meaning business to consumer. Um, and the you know what Fred says is the job of a startup is to run a series of experiments as quickly and cheaply as possible. Meaning you have to try. You, if you don't try, you're not going to figure things out. If you just assume you're going to be right from the get go stop and leave and go do something else. Go get a big corporate job and work nine to fives for crap money and, and you know, get, get laid off when it's not your fault all the time. <laughs> and the, and so, but that's the goal here is that you, you want to run experiments, you have to try. And so as we look at the things that, you know, I look at, at you guys and what you're doing is that just get up and go, like, don't the, I can't stuff is crazy. Like literally I'm on day 15 and I'm on a podcast in this space. Right. And, you know, what did I, when someone said, oh, hey, here's a Discord that you can get into. Great. What did I have to lose? I got in there and I started interacting with people and asking questions and, and by the way, also helping out. The thing I think I see too much of in the, like, whether it's Twitter and these Discords is it's ask, ask, ask. 100%. And honestly, the biggest way you can make a community is help, help, help. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, I found a, people are like, oh, how do I find people to co-source? Well, a guy, I, you know, I answered a question for somebody and then he said something to me and then I asked a question, but then he answered me and then we started DMing and suddenly we've got, you know, the beginnings of a Zoom co-sourcing group. And, and it's like, we don't want, and, and he actually tried to start a different group, but it didn't go anywhere because it was a bunch of people who all wanted something from him and not, you know, looking to contribute. And I think that's the other thing here is that you want to make sure that people are willing, you're willing to give, like, don't be afraid to give, you know, and I see you guys all talk about when you're talking about, you know, co-sourcing everything else is don't be afraid, like, don't hoard everything. Right. If you help someone, karma goes a huge way in startups and in like these Amazon sellers, you're all startups, you're all building a business, you're all entrepreneurs. And not worrying about the payback is probably a big thing as well. Like the amount of things I've helped with people, oh, someone was struggling with the business, they were struggling filing for taxes, or they were struggling hiring this person or didn't know what to do over here. And you, you know, a lot of those sessions, we used to have a, a startup group, free social media, we'd actually go meet in person, go have you know, a beer happy hour, we, we called it hops and chops meaning hops is in beer and chops is in business chops. Yeah. And we, it was a group of about, started about 10 of us, grew to about probably 50 or 60. And the core 20 or 30, were still interacting online um, and, and doing other things together. Not as frequently, not every week. We've grown up, we're, we're busy, we're doing other things. Right. But, you know, sort of that willingness to help goes a long way. And so yeah. I think that's the part of it is put yourself out there, try things, sign up for these discords. Then suddenly the discord leads to Twitter, which leads to, you know, Danny and, and Sawyer saying, hey, we're doing a free Zoom group. And I cannot believe there's not 100 people jumping on that. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like, yeah. you, you guys were on it. That's how we met, right? Yep. And it was great. It was like, and it was a mix of experienced people. And you all were amazing, like willing to answer probably the dumbest questions, you know, you hear yeah, again yeah. and again and again. You're not, you're being, you know, you're being nice by saying, yeah, it's no big deal, right? But you're giving and you're putting yourselves out there. And then when people come in, and then in, in response to that, I said, you know, to, to both you two, which is you guys have, have really the amount of things that you guys have put out there in terms of the content, in terms of the lessons, in terms of the advice are all phenomenal. That's another thing that attracts me to the community is you walk in, I'm like, holy shit, you guys might be 23, 24, 25 or 18, 19. And you sound no different than people have been doing this for 20 years in the, the you know, the corporate world to your credits. And so it's easy for someone like me. I'm like, oh, these people are for real. You're doing good things. And so when people offer you these things, don't be like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to jump in on that. Jump in. Yeah. Like, and it was great. By the way, it was great. It was a great conversation. There are, you know, great lessons back and forth. There were people having bad days. There were people struggling. There's someone running down trying to get the UPS cut off right yeah. in the call. And that's, you know, it's real in reality. I think that's such a great part of what this group community is, is jump. Everyone should be jumping all over these things. There's so many things you can jump on. I cannot believe there's not more of it. Yeah, I, I think you bring up like a couple of points that I really enjoyed that you made. One, I think sharing like the raw stuff where it's not always going as well as it could. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I really think that that helps, you know, develop you as like a trusted resource. Like, hey, this is not all sunshine and rainbows. Right. Like I, there are some mistakes from way back. I like messed up my repricer. I talked about it on the, on the timeline. Right. Uh, low moment for me. Um, but I didn't care. Like it, it's not going to define, you know, the, the long-term trajectory. Um, and then like the one thing that I really, really like is help, help, help. And don't ask for anything because the thing that I've realized, and I think that maybe some of the folks that might be anonymous or trying to find their footing is that 
if you help, you over time will receive. Like, right. and you won't even be asking for stuff. Things will just find you um, right. because you, you've been an active uh, a contributor to the community. Um, and so that's something that I, I feel like should not be lost. And if we're, I, I probably tweet it like once a week, honestly. Um, but you got to give. If you give, things will work out. Karma is so huge in the startup world, in this world. Like when I say startup, I mean tech startup. This is yep. a startup world of itself. You guys, right? You guys are building business. You all started from nothing. You all started from, you know, like minimal amounts of money and, and whatever. And it was just effort and hustle to get you here. By the way, it's the same thing in tech startups too. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and, and so I think that's such a big part of it, which is it isn't easy. Like, I, you know, we started this call with my freaking Nike and gating horror story. Yeah, let's go. Like, holy crap. It was killing me. It's so funny because you go to these discords like, oh, I got engaged in like 30 seconds. You're like, oh, my God, why? And right. now, did I give up? No, no, I did it again. And it's funny. It's like um, I was on a, a live Q&A, one of Miles. And by the way, Miles is live Q&A, an incredible resource, right? Oh, yeah. He's doing that for free. doesn't cost you anything. Yep. What have you, right? And he, you know, someone was like, oh, I didn't get ungated. I got the, oh, you submitted a retail receipt. And Miles is like, well, try again. But then the guy was like, well, but they said it was, a, you can't use retail receipt. And Miles is like, try again. Right. And the guy's like, well, it doesn't gonna work. And like, Miles basically got pretty frustrated. He's like, he basically was like, dude, are you gonna trust <laughs> the guy who's done this literally a thousand times? Right. Or what? Like, I'm sorry, if you're not gonna listen to me. I can't help you. Right, right, 100%. Like people, people like just have their guards up so much and they're right. so afraid to fail that it just, oh, everything's a scam. Like, it's not the case. Like, do you honestly think that Miles would have had as much sex success as he ha has if it didn't work? Probably not. Right. Probably not. Right. Well, and it's funny because, you know, it, it's, I, I get people's hesitancy. There are courses and money you can spend, sure. which is, sure. you know, there are things that won't have the ROI. Is it a scam? No, I don't think anything's really a scam. Right. That's a yeah, hard I word. I tend to agree. Right. Is it low ROI? Yeah, for some people. But the reality is, it's even like, you know, in, in terms of the, the, you know, some of the paid discord communities or paid courses or what have you, yes, you could find almost everything you, you want for free. That's the other thing, which is, and, and even Miles and you and Pete and Nick have said this too, and you're right. And I'm following all, all of you guys. Right. And I said, look, it's all there. If you want to look for it. A lot of times the, you know, if you want a paper course, it's more of a, oh, it's all there. Right. It's easily organized. You don't have to like chase down and look at 5,000 YouTube videos and try to figure out which are the good ones or the bad ones, sort of a curated. Well, that's time is money and if that saves you whatever. And, and it's, and by the way, in the grand scheme of things, a few hundred bucks, like we're trying to make seven figures here. If you're worried about $200, I don't know. Might not like, be for you. Might not be for you. Right. Yep. So I want to summarize a couple points that we made there as you went through that analysis, Todd. So the first one is now, not how, and this is really related to the million dollar weekend, which is a book by Noah Kagan that we're reading right now. And oh, by the way, I know Noah. You had, you literally are hitting on all of these key points, right? So Noah's he's uh, and you'll know this for being in the tech startup world. He's been in that world for 13 plus years. So he's basically laying out and we don't have an affiliate for this one or anything. It's <laughs> happens to be relevant to the book that I'm reading right now that he just released, but it's so practical to our community, right? The folks that are doing, that are successful, they're not overthinking it, right? They're taking the now, not how approach. And you hit on something for our younger audience, which will relate more to Mr. Beast, which is you make the mistake one time, right? You make the mistake one time, you have a group of trusted advisors 
in your community that you can you can rely on. And if you need something where it's an expertise that your group doesn't have it, the quotes that you'll hear from some of the other books is buy someone else's 10,000 hours. And that's really where you get into that range of where you say, okay, I can do the analysis myself, but is it, does it make sense for us to, you know, cut down a couple of years, a decade or whatever that may be by, you know, paying for some skills there. So there's a time and a place for both for self-learning. And there's also a time where it might make sense to speed up that by not having to make the same mistakes there. Yep. Well, and Noah is a all-time hustler. For those who don't know Noah, look him up online. Lots of free blogging. You don't even have to buy the book. Mm -hmm. um, but he is he is what he is in what he talks about in the book. He is an all-time hustler. He didn't pursue, and he's a guy, he did some uh, consulting for a startup I was at a long time ago, like 15 plus years ago. Um, met through another guy, talking about networking, met through another guy who, a guy named Dave McClure, and also who's now an investor, another all-time hustler in, in this space. And um, by the way, Noah was actually instrumental in early Facebook. He was one of the first growth hackers really helping uh, do that um, there. And that's kind of what, but then he ended up going down a very non-traditional path. He's focused on, you know, more uh, businesses or ideas or software that is not enterprise, not high ticket, very bootstrappy, trying to sell things that are like $20 a month or $10 a month that are sort of low cost. And that's been kind of his mission is how do I help people, you know, get the things they need for not a ton of money. So mm -hmm. Noah's a great resource and guy and someone to look at and read. Highly endorse um, Noah. He is exactly how he comes across um, in, in the book. And if you ever watch video interviews with him um, as well. So highly endorse. But you're right in terms of time is money and there are things around that. But the other, you know, sort of lesson there I mentioned, it's funny that you like to bring up Noah. And I'm like, well, I've, I've met Noah. I know Noah. I've worked with Noah. <laughs> but part of the thing here is that, you know, and on our call, we were talking about people you meet along the way in this community. And one of the things that, you know, and, and there's all this discussion right now is I think a lot of people are trying to trans transition out from OA to wholesale. And then eventually maybe private label. I, I think the path that you guys all talk about, ROA to OA to wholesale to PL is exactly the path, right? If I were gonna you know, sit back here and advise folks, that's exactly the path in terms of how you might bootstrap all the way up. And a lot of people have been killing it on OA and already like, okay, what's the, what's the next lever for me and how can I make that step up to wholesale? And they're talking a lot about, oh, what are the lessons and how do I get into wholesale? And it's funny because you know, in the call, we were talking about different approaches and, and Corey's talking about, oh, and, and I think Pete, you've talked about this too, Nick, which is, to get a, to one account, you have to you have to call 100 reps, yeah. and you know. And I said, oh, that's funny because in the startup, in the tech enterprise tech software selling software world, there's this sales model called predictable revenue, and it's kind of the the mass industrialization of sales. And the idea is just like Henry Ford figured out, someone doing the same thing over and over again helps build a car, and someone you know puts in a bolt and then hands it off to the next person, puts in a different bolt, etc. And in sales, we're kind of going through the same thing where someone does the research to to figure out who to contact. Someone else does the email to that. Someone else does the phone call. Someone else closes it. Now, where, where that comes into play is that first step of the researching step is you, we, you need a hundred names of people you're gonna email or contact to get one sales call. So that mm -hmm. same hundred to one ratio exists in that world. And so in that world, I had teams of reps. You guys have VAs, it's kind of the same thing, right? And they research and you can figure this out if I need to find and so my, my reps had that first level rep of doing research had a quota. They had to generate 3,000 names a month to contact. 
And then that would be handed off to someone who would then email them. And by the way, then you do these custom email, semi-custom emails, mostly template. But then what you're doing is you're looking up this person on LinkedIn. You're looking up this person on the company website and you're figuring out something that is unique to that person. So before they hit the delete button on your email, they catch something catches their eye like, oh, this is actually relevant to me. And then they respond. And then from there, about from email to phone calls, probably about a 25% conversion rate. And then from there, it's probably about a 10 to 25% conversion rate from there. You start doing the math. And at the end of the day, you're getting a couple accounts per month. And the other thing is, is, you know, I talked about, oh, you're going to want to do this all LinkedIn. You're going to want to find all these people in LinkedIn. And so that perspective is LinkedIn is Twitter for professionals. And you're going to want to have those, uh, and that's where you're going to build the exact same network you build on Twitter. You want to build it on LinkedIn. I've got 6,000 people I'm connected to on LinkedIn. They're not friends, they're connections, just FYI. Because, you know, <laughs> it's a little weird. You're not, you know, they, they might become friends. And by the way, a lot of these people that, I, that I've interacted with, and everyone on LinkedIn is someone I've had a conversation or an email or, or a human connection with. And so you don't, don't just spam people on LinkedIn. Don't connect to them unless you know them. You can ping them. You can contact them. You can find their contact info and email them. Wait till you get they respond and then connect to them on LinkedIn. And it's a great way to research people and find out that unique thing. Maybe, you know, they put their interests on LinkedIn, like, oh, I'm into baseball. And, you know, you find out what city they're in. You're like, oh, you know, you make some comment, maybe that like, you know, I'm in Seattle, the Mariners just traded, just uh, made a big trade recently. You might make some comment about that. It doesn't matter if you're interested in baseball or not. You can, you can figure it out and fake it a little bit in that, but it's before that person, oh, he's into the Mariners. I'm going to like reply, or I'm going to read the email. And those are the things that you start figuring out. And the other thing you guys, so that 100 to 1 ratio, absolutely is a real ratio. So be ready to research 100 people before you get that one. And you're going to contact that person and you're going to want to send not a, a purely cut and paste email. It's got to be semi-customized. And by the way, this is all laid out. It's all called the Predictable Revenue Methodology in a book called Predictable Revenue. This is what we talked about. You can find it on Amazon as well. Just type in predictable revenues by a guy named Darren Ross. It's about 180 pages. You can read it in three hours on a Saturday. You want to get into wholesale and figure out how to sell stuff and contacts. It's a quick read. And it is, by the way, the dominant methodology in um, enterprise tech sales. But you guys, in fact, are doing a lot of the same things, right? The things I'm talking about, I've seen Nick and Pete, you nod your heads. You're like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And you, so this is what impressed me about this community is you guys have figured out without even realizing it, playbooks that are used in the corporate world apply here as well. The mm -hmm. next step is you start figuring out is you start having success getting meetings is you're going to figure out what's called your ideal customer profile, ICP. By the way, everything in the corporate world is a TLA, three-letter acronym. I kid you, it is literally <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you ever seen the movie Office Space, that's where TLA, you know, you hear that reference. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it, it's like, holy crap, it is so true. I, it is ridiculous how everything becomes a three-letter acronym. 100%. 100%. It, it is just, I have no idea why. It always happens. Like, it's just, it's comical. It's a meme beyond memes in, in that regard. And so your ICP, ideal customer profile, so you'll start figuring out who is that person? What is their job title, typically? What is their role? Who do they report to? What are the questions they're going to ask? So when you, and then you'll start customizing those emails a little bit better. When you get on a call, you'll know exactly what the questions they're going to ask, what, you know, what are they going to say and, and how you're going to deal with that. Yep. The other thing you're going to have to figure out in terms of that is how do I close this account? And Corey talks about that first call isn't going to close the account. He's right. 
even in sales, you don't get someone on the phone. That's the first. And so the other thing you have to figure out too is how do I map to the decision I want? And again, Predictable Revenue talks about this. I have to figure out the steps. Like who's the person who has to prove that? Who's in finance in that company who's going to give me credit or not give me credit? How do I have to talk? Who's there? Who this person's boss who's going to have to sign off on your account when they bring it to them? Mm-hmm. And then you're so don't be afraid and don't be upset and don't be bothered if it doesn't take, get, go well in the first call. You can just do it again, right? And you can, and oh, by the way, the typical number of times you have to email someone to get a sales meeting set up, seven. Seven, yeah. Seven. Seven times. So you guys talk about this, like, oh, do I, should I keep pinging the person? Uh-huh. Until <laughs> they say don't contact them, keep going. Seven keep times is the average, right? And you have to, now, don't send the same email seven times. Tweak it a little bit, change it a little bit, find a different angle, right? Do that, but that'll get you. And then don't be afraid if they don't respond after the call that you get set up, you've got to follow up an email and respond right away. Again, two or three emails might be required. These people are busy. You're speculative business. They're looking yep. for, they've got their own book of business and customers they have to take care of. And so you don't, so figure out the, the process that accounts get approved, understand the steps typically that have to happen. And so you understand how I'm going to navigate. That's a big part of sales is navigating to your to a close. And so those are the things that you, you're going to learn and figure out. So all of you who are frustrated that the first phone call for my first wholesale call didn't right. happen. Mm-hmm. Remember we were talking about try, try, try again. Just, you know, just sure. do, do, do. Like, yeah, that's like, again, 3,000 emails leads to, to 30, 20 to 30 sales calls a month in, right. this, in that sales world. Right. And you, and you brought up a good point that I, I've, I think maybe I like kind of brought into the community, but it's like you're templating, like you're, you're trying to work towards an end. So right. as you're, as you are creating your best practices, I talked about it kind of in related to the folks that are just starting FBM, we're going to template everything in replying to buyer messages because you're, you're selling them on something, whether right. it's turning the product or whatever it is, we're going to start small and then we're going to navigate. We're going to use those learnings. And then we're going to go up to maybe opening up our first wholesale account, but everything's templated. Like we're, we're all, we're, we're driving to towards an outcome. And so I, I really like that point. I thought it was important and, and maybe we could tie that back to how some folks on the, you know, that are bootstrapping it might be able to apply that to smaller things and then eventually scale them. Yeah. I think don't be afraid of the little things. Like I have friends in the corporate world who look at startups and I've done startups for a long time now. I haven't worked at a large company in a long time. One of the companies I worked at in the past was like Price Waterhouse, another was Disney, and then went into the startup world and really never, and some of the startups I have is scaled to thousands of people, um, luckily. And, but I think that's the thing is that when, when my friends are like, oh, they're at Microsoft for 25 years and like, oh, you startup people, it's so glamorous. It's so much fun. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I Pete, like giggling is the best, right? Cause yeah. you know, and Nick, you know, right. It's mm-hmm. well, I'm like, are, are you ready to take out the trash at night? Like, right. There's no, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Who's going in, right. You guys are packing boxes. Yep. You guys are doing stuff, right. You're, are you ready to like rip, get packing tape and put it on a box Right. in this world? Like, yeah, well, that's the world. And so rise and grind just doesn't, mean show up rising grind means do whatever is necessary to get the stuff done that you need to get done like you are not too big for any job i've been ceo of a startup i'm doing this now and it's part of like it's do i mind by the way when you're ceo of a startup it's like yeah i'm taking out the trash i'm cleaning out the refrigerator i'm cleaning out the sink right it's like we had pizza and beer at the end of the day well who's the person you know with the developers or whatever who's the person cleaning it up me 
right? Yeah. That's the type of stuff that you have to do. And so I, you look at this world and you're like, don't be afraid. And you, by the way, and the people you see being successful on Twitter, like yourselves, you're clear. I can see you guys doing it. Like you just, you can just tell you're doing it in these things. Like it doesn't matter whatever's necessary to get the job done. It's like RA is a great place to start. And you guys all talk about it. Like I'm going to do an RA run to the outlets north here. Part of it's just to learn. Part of it's knows I can make some money. I can make a thousand bucks in, in a Saturday. Like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And that's a good return on, you know, and, and by the way, I'm teaching my teen kids how to do it. That's part of it is, you know, doing it with that. And so the other thing is that, you, that happens with startups is your age doesn't matter. Like that's the other thing that that's a that. big lesson yeah. from tech startups, mm -hmm. right? It's when Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook, he was 19 years old. Yeah. He was the young, he hired people 20 years his senior all the time. Right. And so that's the thing is like, don't be afraid of your age, like calling wholesale. They don't give a shit about your age. If you don't tell them your age on the phone, they're never going to know. Right. Right? right. If you come across as professional and you look professional, like you mentioned, put up a web page that describes your business that looks professional. Go on and LinkedIn and have an account that looks professional. Have a, like Nick, you are a perfect example of this. Everybody go look at Nick's profile avatar picture. He's in a sport coat. <laughs> like in a, his Amazon seller, right? You come across, I, I wouldn't think, right? You'd wear a baseball hat like that or whatever else in a call like, like this. But you, that's the point is that first impression is, oh, Nick's a business person, right? Yeah. That's the type of, it's all these little things. And like, so part of this lesson is everyone should need to invest in LinkedIn, have a great look at Nick's profile picture. It is awesome. It is perfect for that world. Go, go find your old sport coat, throw it on. And that's your avatar on LinkedIn. Also connect to every one of your Amazon seller friends and acquaintances on LinkedIn. Don't tag Amazon, right? Cause you don't want to make it look like you're all Amazon. You're, you're e-commerce. Yep. You're online sellers, you're online retail. You're not in this community, you're Amazon sellers, but in that world, you're e-commerce specialists, you're yeah, online retail merchandisers, you're building successful businesses. Anyone here who has a seven figure business, you are a legit big business. Yeah. And, so, and Todd, that's like, that's perfect that you hit on that. I want to anchor that. So depending on which socials you're on, the, what the persona may look a little different, right? So for the for the younger folks in there that are on Instagram and Twitter and some of those, that's going to be very different than the LinkedIn market. And Todd, you you hit that like the nail on the head there. How you're marketing yourself into that community is different than how you would be marketing yourself in some of the other socials. So I'm right. glad like I've, go ahead. I, I was going to say that I've got you know my my startup Twitter handle is Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of crossover there. And I reference it in, in right, the, the, my FBA account here, whole family FBA. And I, it, you can find it there. It's a reference to it. And, but it's sort of like, there's, it's okay to have different accounts and different personas and profiles and, and appropriate. So, you know, everyone here, build up your LinkedIn. Every one of you is built to, who's built any business. If you do a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, holy crap, you're a huge success. Huge success. Yeah, that's and super so true. that's right. And people doing a hundred thousand a month. Holy crap. That's a big number. It starts when you hit a million dollars in revenue, a hundred thousand dollars a month, 1.2 million a year to do a million dollars a year is $83,000 in, in a month in revenue. Um, in the software ARR world, $83,000 a month in, in software licensing is a million dollars. So I know all the month, the annual stuff in the, like right. off the top of my head. Um, when you sell software for too many years and it's all monthly numbers and you have to figure out your annual ARR is what they call it, annual recurring revenue. That's the, the, or annual contract value, ACV. Again, notice three letter acronyms. Three letters. Yeah. Again, I don't know why it happens. It just always does. Yep. 
But those are things where those personas matter. And it's okay to have, hey, these are my bros on Twitter. But on LinkedIn, like I said, it's don't really promote the fact you're an Amazon seller. Promote the fact that you've built this online retail business that's very successful on retail business. And that persona, and just like Nick's got, and it is, and I'm pointing out again, Nick is a phenomenal profile pic for like LinkedIn. It's great, right? You you look fantastic. You look professional. You you probably look like you're 35, not in your 20s. And you, right, that's the persona. <laughs> but in that world, that's good, right? You want to appear a little older, right? And so it's like, you know, you all, I, I did my first uh, tech startup in my mid-20s. And the same, and I had no fear about going up to anyone, no matter how young and I was and looked and whatever. And like, I went up and uh, Steve Jobs speaking at an investor conference um, back when he was running Pixar and, and Next Computer before he, he sold Pixar to Disney and before he sold Next Computing back to Apple. And like he was, he was, and, and so I had a startup that was kind of in the same space and in online video back when online video didn't work at all. It was a disaster of an idea at the time. Great you know, 15 years later when, or 10 years later when YouTube started, but at the time it was terrible. Um, noticed terrible mistake, you know, to be honest about your failures, it was a crash and burn business. But, I, you know, I went up and, and hung out with Steve Jobs. He was, he presented Pixar. He was hanging out in the room. I knew who he was because I knew he was the founder of Apple and whatever. I was like, well, shit, I'm going to go talk to him. And I went up and talked to him and said, hi. Now, back then he didn't have the whole black turtleneck thing. He had a brown suit. He was, you know, on the downs, he was talking about ups and downs at the down part of his career, right? Pixar hadn't took, taken off yet. It hadn't released its first big movie with Disney yet. Next Computer was a, just a disaster. Um, and so, but that's the type of thing when you, when you, you know, put yourself out there, you never know who you're going to run into and, you, and you're going to have a chance to sort of bump into interesting people along the way. So that's, I think, a big part of this is serendipity goes a long way. Yeah, that's perfect. So Todd, I want I can't help but see your uh, your handle there, whole family FBA. So for this uh, next part of the segment, can you just kind of walk us a little bit through, you know, what is what is your why, right? I can kind of read it in there, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, who's all involved within your business and you know what what you're looking to get out of it? Sure. As I said, I'm day 15. And one of the things, so whole family FBA, I've got two teens. Um, and my wife is, has actually uh, dabbled in foreign sourcing before, and she's run an Etsy e-commerce business for the last 10 plus years. So she's kind of been dabbling in e-commerce. And with my, you know, my kids in high school, it's sort of like, oh, they got to learn to start building businesses. And those are skills that are important, like this whole community, like how do you start a business? Where do you go? So the goal here is one of the things you want to do is, is figure out a thing that we can all do together, which would be kind of, of fun and interesting and, and build it. So the goal here is to to start something with all of them helping in one way, shape, or form. So when we go up to do RA, they're going to be there helping scan and, and scout as we, you know, tackle the Nike store. Again, now that Nike ungated, God bless. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got the email like right before I went to bed last night. And I was like, oh my God, Jesus. Um, Hallelujah. freaking um, And so, right, we're going to go up to the Nike outlet store here outside Seattle and hit that. I'll take them up and we'll have our seller ramp and our phones and be scanning away and, and you know, looking for, for the deals there. So that's a, a big part of it. Um, and so part of it also for me after doing tech startups are total grind. They're all encompassing. Like you guys are finding about building your own businesses. And the other thing is when you work for investors, like the reality is 90% of startups fail. Millions of dollars get invested. That doesn't go to your pockets as a, when you're working in the tech startups that goes to fund the company you actually tend to take a salary that's like half or a third of what it might be at a big corporation. 
because you get stock in the business and you hope it turns into Facebook and the stock's worth a lot of money. Right. Nine times out of 10, it's worthless. And so you go through this all-encompassing ride and you're really working for your investors most of the time. And now it's kind of like, I want to do something for myself. And so it's sort of that natural transition of, oh, it'd be nice to build a business for me and not for an investor. Right. And so I think that's the other part of it. And so I had no expectations of where this might lead. But the fact that there's this community, and I'm used to working with communities of startup founders, has made it even more interesting, like getting a chance to meet a, a lot of great people, um, a lot of really inspiring um, uh, folks. Like you guys, you know, I, I, you're, you've talked about it here. There's, I think, this weird almost shyness about being young, like, God bless, like, you know what, you guys are doing great. I've been really impressed with everyone, you know, who's, who's working hard, who's trying to build a business, who's trying to be successful, who's learned lessons, you know, Pete, Miles, Nick, Corey, Sawyer, Danny, like all of them have like huge successes at your, at, at this point in your lives, which is awesome and amazing to see. And so it's sort of, you know, that energy works for me. And it's a world that, that I think translates so well to the world I came from in terms of tech startups. It feels so natural to me to sort of jump in. It's about people doing things. Um, it's about networking. It's about putting yourself out there. And those are things that we all did in the startup world. So when you guys say those things, I'm like, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> you got like, these are my peeps in a lot of ways. 100%. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the main difference that I feel is that oftentimes, like, if when I'm working with the folks that I work with, I don't have to pull it out of them. Oftentimes right. it's already done. Like they've already thought about it. And if like, I need a little help or whatever the case is, like they're already like, they're already thinking, they're thinking about the next three, four steps. And so if I'm like, Hey, Nick, we got to go do this. He's like, sorry, I already did it. Like, <laughs> come on, catch up buddy. And I love that. Cause it, it's just inspiring and it, it forces you to continuously level up. Um, one question I have is, so what are, what are the goals for, for this year? You've got the family. They're all yeah, I've got the family. And from a from a business standpoint, um, what I really love to do is get to a hundred thousand in profits okay. for the year, right? Which probably means, you know, that's probably like seven, six to, to eight hundred in, in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm all in on it in terms of of putting in time. And so the immediate next right. So it, it, it all the things you talk about in terms of people are doing are things that I've been trying to do early on, right? So yeah, I set up an LLC. Not, by the way, you don't need to do it, but you know what? Um, if you look online, there's ways you can do it for a couple hundred bucks and have it done in a day. Like click a form, right. input your credit card, it's done. Two, setting up your seller, your professional seller essential account. Three, installing the software. Four, watching the videos or hanging out or reading or whatever and, and learning those things. And then um, learning how to use the software, learning how to make your first purchases and, and get them going and, and online. And so in month one, my goal was to get set up and get my first sales, which I'm hopefully close to now that I'm getting my first listings in, sending my first things in um, to Amazon. I don't care if they're crazy profitable. I don't care if they're going to make bank. It's just about those first sales, right? Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, we've talked about this, like, oh, I'm not making, Miles said you have to be 35% ROI. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Fine, it's it's 18%. I made, I'm making two bucks per unit instead of 20. I don't care. It's about getting it out there and, and um, getting going. Building the muscle. Yep. Building the muscle, right? That's a large part of it. And so in sales, like enterprise sales, we talk about those those templates and those patterns of behaviors. The phrase we use is we call those motions, right? Repeatable motions. Like when you have a process that's repeatable, we call that a sales motion. And so that's a term I think you guys could use too, which is what's the motion that I'm trying to create? And so that's where I'm right now is how do I create those motions around sourcing, around 
uh, packing up, you know, and eventually, eventually doing a lot more. And so, right. So the goal this year is can we get to 100,000 in profits, which is again six, seven hundred k in sales. I'm at zero. I've got 12 months to do that. And am I worried about that? No, because you guys also do a good job of, about breaking this down. Is how much per day is that? That's not Nothing right to do. Right to do 70. If you do 70 grand a month, which is 2,100 um, a, a day, at $20, that's 100 units a day. Mm -hmm. That'll get you yep. 70 grand a month is 840 grand a year, just under a million. That's not so crazy, right? That's not the stuff that's like you start going. So I'm like, yeah, I think I can get to right. Yeah, I've got to, got to figure out sourcing. It's hard. It's 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 you know, it's not automatic. You got to find these things. And I, by the way, I, I laugh at when people are like, oh, how do I get a wholesale account? Last weekend, in 90 minutes, I found three sources that would sell me pallets of grocery goods in 90 minutes of searching. <laughs> A complete newbie to the space that has the sales experience. Right. Like and, but I, know how to write, I know how to research things. I know how to look at things. I know how to like, and even ending up here with you guys, right? Click on, click on this, look at that. Know how to like, one thing leads to another. That's, I think of another lesson is one thing does lead to another. One relationship leads to another. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I think that that's critical here is, is, and I'm not saying relationship, I'm looking to leapfrog people and climb on people's backs and right. whatever. But I know if I'm, if I'm good with people and, and I help them, They'll probably help me and they might introduce me to someone else, 100%. right? One good thing will lead to another. And so like I, part of me being here is like I said, after listening to all this content from you guys, I'm like, shit, I got to give back. Yeah. Right? I've taken so much from you all in terms of the lessons and how to be successful as an Amazon seller. And again, the con the videos that you guys have all done are fantastic. Like they put them on the best corporate training videos, like way better than most of those. Those are more boring than, than God. Oh um, yeah. You gotta, you gotta make them fun. <laughs> right, totally. You guys have done a great job, but that content is so accessible and it's out there. And, and so from that standpoint of, right. So one thing led to another, and that's kind of what, what gets me here. It's like, again, finding a pallet, one thing leads to another, um, LinkedIn tip. You can also reboard reverse source connections on people. Like I've gone through some of the folks on this call, looked at all their LinkedIn connections. Some of you are better than others and found some wholesalers through that way. Right. And so, but that's the type of thing you can also do is like, there's these resources and it's in the doing. Now, did I order a pallet? I, by the way, if anyone's interested, a pallet of Colgate toothpaste will cost you 3,700 bucks plus shipping. <laughs> Damn, you already got it. Yeah. I haven't bought it. I know it's there. 3,700 bucks is, is, that's an investment. Like That's a first, yeah. I mean, for the first buy. I mean, that's, that's a big. Yeah, that's, I'm, it's probably, I'm, I'm not quite going there just yet, right? Yeah. It's like, well, the real problem that, that I look into is like, well, shit, how do you make money at like, you know, $3, if your FBA fees are going to be six bucks, how do you sell things for less than three? And right. that's my big mystery right now is I got to figure out, there's got to be some secret Amazon program for FBA selling for really cheap goods, because there's some products out there that have tons of FBA sellers and they're less than five bucks. And I'm like, the normal fees are more than five bucks. Something doesn't add up here. They're not losing money on purpose. Right. Yeah. They used to have a small and light program. Now they just have a revised program of that. That's a reduced fee that you can use. And then depending on the types of products that there are a lot of those, those ones that are a lower ASP average sale price for them yep. are usually, acronym. yep. <laughs> three letter, everything's a three letter acronym, uh, where either, where they're able to prep it in house and be able to do that. So there's different ways where people are creating their moats uh, to be able to to manufacture their margins and be able to go from there. So 
I, and then Todd, we're right at uh, the uh, the point of the end of the pod here. So we generally like to ask one last question. So everything that we kind of talked about and your experience of working in enterprise sales, for someone walking away, what is the 30 second overview of what they should do that from a sales experience perspective that they can tie into their business? So the biggest thing is research and then try. And don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And the other thing is a lot of people are afraid to contact people, like they're shy about it. If you believe in yourself and you believe you're, you're going to be a net benefit to the person on the other side, you shouldn't be shy about it. They might say no and say, okay, great. I'll go on to the next person. And right, you're going to help that rep hit their quota, hit their sales goal, hit their bonus. And so you should not be shy about, I'm here to help you help me. We're going to help each other. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is you know what? If you, don't be afraid to contact people because if you believe in yourself, it'll all work out. Awesome. I, bang, I mean, I think that is probably, it's worth its weight in gold, right? Coming from someone from your experience. Um, so don't take that lightly if you're listening. It's important. Um, but Todd, it's been great. Where can people find you at on the socials? Again, Whole Family FBA is the FBA Amazon account. And then if you're interested in the tech startup side of things, Wikipedia is the other. All right. We'll, we'll have the, uh, the bios in the description, but thank you for coming on. And uh, to, to thanks the audience, for thanks for listening.